Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Welcome to episode 20 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, which is the first part of two episodes on colour management. In this episode, I'm going to discuss how I calibrate my monitor to ensure that what I am seeing is the same as anyone else that also has a correctly calibrated monitor, and more importantly, to ensure that the image I work with uh, can be printed with uh, in faithful colours. Following on from this, in part two next week, I'll explain how I use printer profiles in Photoshop to ensure that what I output to any given paper is as close to what I see on my calibrated monitor screen as possible. I first mentioned that I would do a podcast on this in episode 12 on my digital workflow. Thanks to Julian Foley, screen name Fireball on the MVP forum, for prompting me to talk about this. Julian from Angus, Scotland, has just brought a new monitor and was hoping for some calibration tips. So congratulations on your new monitor, Julian. Uh, Today, I'm only really going to talk about what I do, uh, but hopefully you and the other listeners uh, will find it useful. There are a number of reasons why calibrating your monitor is important. Firstly, you need to know that colours you are viewing on screen are an accurate representation of the colours that you've captured with your camera. Without doing this, you may well not be able to print an accurate uh, image either. Also, as I just mentioned, you, you really need to know what you, that what you see on your screen is exactly the same as what everyone else will see on a properly calibrated monitor. I've heard photographers say that they do not like showing their images on the web because they have no control over the colour rendition, brightness, contrast and things like that for the monitors of the viewers. This is very true. The only way to really minimise this concern is if everyone has calibrated monitors. Of course, this is never really going to happen. It would be a nice state to be in, of course, but it costs money uh, to calibrate a monitor properly, so it's never really going to be the case where everyone will do this. If you are conscious of these things, though, you you want to be able to look at colours as they should be, as you took them with your camera, and also to print them out faithfully, then you really need to calibrate your monitor as the starting point. So if you are going to calibrate your monitor and you use Adobe Photoshop, you'll need to first disable the Adobe Gamma Loader. Uh, This will conflict with the profile that you create uh, with your calibration device. It will actually conflict while creating the first profile as well. Uh, and then later on it will also try to be loaded into your system when you boot your machine. So you need to disable this. Um, It's it's really of no use once you have a calibrated monitor with a profile that's loaded in at start-up time. So to disable this on Windows, you just need to delete the Gamma Loader shortcut from the start-up folder in the program menu and reboot your machine. Uh, I'm not sure how to do this on a Mac, I don't have access to one to check, uh, but I'm sure it's just as simple. Um, Maybe someone could post uh, the instructions for doing this on the forum. Uh, I'm sure it's not a a big deal. We should also note at this point uh, that some cheaper monitors don't allow you to modify the RGB or the red, green and blue colour settings individually using your monitor's menu. 
Uh, you can do a certain amount of calibration without this, uh, but I don't know how much. If you want to get the most out of calibration, I suggest that you first check that your monitor or the monitor that you intend to buy allows you to modify RGB colors individually. On my monitor, which is an Azor monitor, I can modify these by selecting the color management and then gain from the screen manager, which is the monitor's uh, menu that you, you can access with the buttons on the front of the monitor. Another tip here is if your monitor um, allows you to modify where the menu is displayed on the screen, uh, other than the center of the screen, then you, you could perhaps move it to the right or one of the other corners. This will allow you to change the settings, display the menu and change the settings uh, at the same time as you're doing the calibration uh, without, well, not during the calibration, obviously, but while you have the sensor placed down on your screen. And you know, if you don't move this, then you have to keep swinging the sensor out of the way to, to look at the menu. It just makes it easier if you can move it uh, to one of the corners. So I use a tool called Spider, uh, Spider 2 Pro uh, from ColorVision. This tool is made up of some software that you install on your computer and a spider or a sensor that you hang over the front of your monitor. Apparently, Spider 2 Pro can be used to calibrate CRT, LCD and laptop monitors and digital projectors. Uh, there is also a product called i1 Display 2 from Gritag Macbeth which does pretty much the same thing. Uh, there are cheaper and more expensive calibration tools in both of these companies' ranges, and I'm sure that there are other companies around that offer similar products. I'll include a link to both the Spider 2 Pro page and the i1 Display 2 page in the show notes. You can take a look for yourself, compare the specifications and other offerings from these two companies, and decide which to go with. The important thing is, is that they both provide a sensor that fits onto your monitor and views the colors your monitor produces and then after creates a, a profile that is loaded each time you turn on your computer. So today, just to give you a, a, an outline of what is actually involved in calibrating your monitor, I'm going to walk you through what I do to calibrate my monitor with the, the Spider 2 Pro. Um, I set up a schedule to remind me to do this every two weeks or so, um, but I think the manual suggests that you do it once a month. Note that the first time you use the Spider 2 Pro, uh, you have to install some software, etc., but you can change the settings uh, that you select during installation at any time during the process later. So today I'll just walk, through, walk you through that process and not go into details of the installation it's really just a case of like banging the CD into the tray and clicking through the install. So here we go uh, to actually just go through the calibration process. Firstly, attach the spider or sensor to the USB port of the computer and start the calibration software. The welcome screen tells me that the assistant is going to help me to adjust my monitor and create a custom ICC profile. During the process, the tonal response or gamma, uh, the white point or color temperature, and the black and white luminance will be adjusted. I click the next button, and I'm reminded that the monitor needs to be turned on for at least one hour, and the spider has to be connected and allowed to warm up for at least five minutes. 
I need to disable screensavers uh, so as the screen doesn't change during the process and make me have to start over. I also have to ensure that no light is falling onto the monitor face. I usually do this at night and just turn off the lights while running the tool. If you do this uh, during the day, draw the curtains or pull down the blinds. Um, I'm also reminded that for best results, I should set the display to 24-bit color or better. When I click the next button again, I'm told that I have selected LCD uh, as the type for the monitor. This was what I actually said during the installation, but you can change it now if you want to. I've used the recommended settings of gamma of 2.2 and white point and color temperature of my monitor uh, set at 6500 Kelvin. And these are also displayed here for my reference. The luminance mode is set to visual and this is usually fine. You can choose measured luminance mode which allows you to specify the desired values for black luminance and white luminance. These values are then displayed during the luminance adjustment steps and you are prompted to adjust the appropriate uh, monitor control until the measured value meets the, de the desired value. If you leave the luminance mode as visual, the tool will set these for you uh, without any intervention. Note too that you can select the change button here and change any of these settings. On the next screen I can select the controls which exist on my monitor from brightness, contrast and backlight. I don't have a backlight option or a brightness option so I just have contrast selected here. On the following screen I'm reminded to set my contrast back to the factory defaults. On the screen after that I can change the contrast to adjust the white lumens. It's recommended to leave this at factory default as this usually provides the best result. Basically here I'm just making sure that I can distinguish between the four separate blocks on the screen. On the screen after this I can then select the color controls that I have. On my monitor I have RGB controls and preset Kelvin values but I don't have a Kelvin slider which is also one of the options so I just check the two options that I do have. From the following screen I'm guided through setting the RGB settings. At this point I have to place the spider in a position in the center of the screen. There's a, a window with a picture or a, like a silhouette of the spider uh, that is displayed in the center of the screen and you just have to lay it over that. Remember that this spider is plugged into my USB port. There's a line that comes from the port to the, to the spider, to the actual sensor and there's like a counterweight that sits on the back of the monitor and you just basically slide that up or down so that it, it weighs and sort of counters the weight of the, uh, the sensor and just holds it in place in the right position. Once the spider is in place, I click the continue button. Uh, the sensor is then initialized and then the red, green and blue samples uh, and a white point are read in succession. So the software displays these colors on the screen and the sensor reads them to to see that basically what it what it's seeing is the same as what it expects to be seen. I then see three bars, one red, one green and one blue on the right hand side of my screen and I have to adjust the RGB gain controls 
uh, on the monitor menu until the top of all of these three bars is aligned within a range displayed on the monitor. I've been calibrating my monitor for six months or so now. I do it every month, and the values remain pretty constant. Uh, Red is at 92%, uh, 96% for the green, and 100% for the blue. So, you know, basically you're you're getting these all in in relative positions to each other uh, to balance out the saturation and the, of the colors. Once I click on the continue button after this, the black point is read first, and then the program reads through the red, the green, and the blue samples again uh, in minutely varying stages. Basically, it starts off at black and then, or almost black, and then gradually changes to a full red, then resets to almost black and works through the varying stages of green and then blue. After this, it works through a selection of grey samples, and that is the last stage of the actual calibration. The calibration process takes about 10 minutes or so to complete, so including the settings I made earlier, the whole process takes uh, about 15 to 20 minutes. You don't have to touch anything uh, during this final stage, so it's a good time to go out and get a cup of coffee or something. Uh, Just don't turn on the lights, uh, or you'll need to repeat the process from scratch. Once done, you remove the spider from the screen. You're told when it's okay to do this, and you click through a few more dialogues, and then you're given a suggested name for the new custom profile uh, that you've just created, which you can change if you want, uh, but I basically leave it as the, the name, the same name that I selected when I first created a profile. This new profile is automatically set now uh, each time you boot your machine or, or log on to your machine uh, until, again, you in the future you do another calibration. On the second to last screen, you can actually switch between the previous settings and the settings after calibration to see the difference. This is actually quite interesting. You can, you, know, you can sometimes see quite a lot of difference. The very last screen gives you a quit button or the option to calibrate again. So if you're, if you're worried if something happened, uh, you know, the light conditions changed or you accidentally knocked your sensor while you were doing the first calibration, you can, you can repeat it here. And that's it, basically. Your monitor is now as close to as standard as it can be. So you can be sure that what you're seeing on your screen is very close to what others with an accurately calibrated monitor will also see. Of course, the saturation and other attributes of your monitor may well vary, uh, but you you know that it's as close as it can be. Now, uh, also note that if you use a Mac and have multiple monitors, I believe you can actually calibrate them separately and apply the ICC profiles uh, on a per-monitor basis. Unfortunately, Windows does not allow you to do this. I don't know if there are uh, video cards on the market that you can actually do this with. I've got a relatively good video card in my machine and I can't do that. Uh, I do use a second monitor. Uh, what I actually do though is I just use it for the say the palettes and the toolbar of Photoshop. Uh, so I'm not really worried about the color. Also my second monitor is a very, it's really just a very cheap LCD that I stand up on its side and rotate the image via the video card software uh, so that I just have one long uh, wide monitor but not as expensive as the big wide monitors that you that you see in uh, the shops and 
rule over. So now that I have a calibrated monitor and I know that what I'm looking at is accurate, the next part, which is going to be part two of the color management podcast next week, uh, I'm going to talk about printing from Photoshop. Uh, a quick taster is that basically whenever printing, I always use uh, the printer profiles that are made especially for the printer and paper combination for any given paper. Um, but it's really to do this all this week. I'm already at 16 and a half minutes recording. If I was to try to do this this week, we'd go over 30 minutes, and I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to call it a day for today, say thank you for listening, and if you're interested in the way I set up Photoshop, the color space in Photoshop, and then I actually use the printer profiles to print to various papers, then tune in again next week, and until then, happy shooting and have a good time doing what you do. Thank you, and bye-bye. This has been a Martin Bailey Photography Podcast.